welcome to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Um, today we're off to see Into the Woods, but for now we are into the park. Um, I'm with Alison Ruby and we are sat in a lovely park in North London near the Cockpit Theatre where we're going later today. Um, so what have we got to talk about today? Let's move straight on to Alice's tip of the week. Take it away. So my tip of the week is a show called Sylvia. It's at the Old Vic. It's a musical and it's about Sylvia Pankhurst who was pivotal in the campaign for women's rights. She was a suffragette and it's basically a musical about her life and politics and how that affected her home life. It sort of tore her life apart I think and it's by Zoo Nation, the company Zoo Nation are putting it on and they've done sort of hip-hop twists so I think there'll be a lot of dance I'm imagining a lot of dance in it um they do hip-hop twists on classical stories like some like it hip-hop into the woods uh they did a Mad Hatter's Tea Party so I think it's going to be a really modern cool show and the reason that I'm excited about seeing this is that Beverly Knight has been cast Ooh, I know cool. how exciting is that so um yeah I think I think uh, there's 10 pound preview seats still available so I think we should book that I totally want to go. Yeah, and it's uh, it's on from the 3rd to the 22nd of September at the Old Vic. So everybody go and book Sylvia. That sounds like a great tip. I'm really up for that, you know. Bit of bit of history, bit of feminism, bit of hip-hop, bit of Beverly Knight. What more could you want? Yeah, sounds really good. Um, got a couple of reviews as well. Oscar, you went to see the Chalk Garden? Yes, I went to see Chalk Garden, which is down at the Chichester Festival Theatre. I wasn't planning on going, but I went with my mum and my auntie, and I was probably the youngest person there by about 45 years. If anyone's ever been to the Chichester Festival Theatre, it's, yeah, a lot of, of grey hair. Um, it's amazing, though. Yeah, it's very cool. It's yeah. a great theatre, and it was, like, packed because this show starred Penelope Keith from The Good Life. Um, so she's, like, a big draw there, and she's been performing. It just She's, like, one of their favourites. Um, the play was interesting. It's kind of... Um, there's lots of metaphors about gardening she's got this chalk garden that nothing will grow in basically and she's looking after her granddaughter so that's a metaphor for how the granddaughter is not really flourishing under her maternal you know she is the chalk garden as it were and um, some of the performances just weren't as good as Penelope Keith's the young girl in it just didn't quite have the nuance so the kind of the stuff under the surface again plant reference buried beneath the sort of hurt and pain wasn't evident in that character I didn't think and it was too long it's a three-act play so you have an hour and a half one interval and then half an hour I did love coming back after an interval and just watching half an hour that was nice but the hour and a half leading up to I did have a slight theatre nap I just thought there was a bit kind of in I guess what would have been the end of act one so maybe an hour in I was just like meh too slow too sort of mannered but then as it kind of got into it but it was just full of really those really sort of funny lines that you can kind of imagine Penelope Keith delivering, just very sort of uptight but sort of sh- sharp-witted. But yeah, it was very nice. I liked it, and it was a good chance to see that play. They did it a few years back at the Donmar with um, Penelope Wilton, who apparently was incredible, and that production was intimate, Donmar, small, you know, and apparently it worked better for the emotional impact. But this one was beautiful to look at. The set was incredible. Penelope Keith was really good, got some good laughs. And a good little nap as well. Uh, and you guys have also been to see An Ideal Husband at the Vaudeville Theatre. Uh, this is part of the Oscar Wilde season that they're doing there. Oscar, you also saw Lady Windermere's fan. Um, I'm really interested to hear about this one because I was quite tempted to go and I think you guys managed to pick up some freebies. So I want to know whether it's worth paying a ticket price. I would say 
I mean, you know what you're getting. It's Oscar, it's Oscar Wilde, and they've done it very true to form. There's some great performances in it. So the real sort of star performance everyone's talking about is Freddie Fox. Yeah. Um, his dad, Edward Fox, is also in it playing his character's father, which is a sort of smaller role, but the two have a, a sort of jokey Oscar Wilde-style combative relationship. He thinks that his son is a sort of layabout fop, basically, and too frivolous. And So that worked really well, knowing it was his real father. The chemistry there was incredible. And Freddie Fox has a really good, really good fun with it because it is a sort of, you know, very, um, very Oscar Wilde, very, I guess, Rupert Everett character. Rupert Everett played it in the film, didn't he? Yeah. It's nothing special. And I think out of Lady Windermere's fan and this one, I preferred Lady Windermere's fan just maybe because of Jennifer Saunders and that sort of comedy song they wrote for her really did lift that second half. Um, Al, what did you think? I, th- I agree with you. It was nothing special, as in they did a great a great job with it. It, they, it was very traditional. It was I saw it in its most traditional form, and I just felt it was a bit old-fashioned and kind of, you know, uh, I just wanted it to move along a little bit quicker. And there's one more in this season, is that right? They're doing another Oscar Wilde. Importance of Being Earnest is next, yeah. And I would say, like, if you can't see this, you don't manage to see this one, then maybe book to see Ernest, because, I mean, they're all quite similar they're all much of a muchness aren't they really sometimes I forget which Oscar Wilde's I've actually been to see because it's all a similar thing so I mean I would give Ernest a shot you know I think this has been a really good season a really high standard and a really high standard of actors and it's the actors that do carry these things because the delivery is really important and one thing I'll say about the casting of this one that I did actually really like and I think you see so much more of in London now it's like you know in the wake of sort of you know, Black Panther doing so well and the Me Too movement, all that stuff is just a different kind of casting, just more, um, much more representation. So the cast wasn't all just old, posh, white people, even though that's what the play is about. They had just done a lot more sort of colourblind casting and it worked perfectly and oh, I really yeah. liked You know, there was a lot of, I thought, older women in it, which I quite enjoyed seeing, that playing young, that would traditionally have been played by like 26-year-olds. I thought that was really nice to see. Yeah, we noticed that in The Way of the World, didn't we, at the Donmar which actually we haven't really mentioned because we didn't love. Although that was much more... I actually really liked the casting of that. I just didn't like... The play just wasn't for me. Uh, Restoration comedy gets a big thumbs down (laughs) from Ruby. It was just so confusing, that play, and not in a good way. No, it was long. It was just... No. No, 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 no. Um, But, uh, talking of the Donmar, we are going back there next week. Um, we're off to see the prime of Miss Jean Brodie, uh, which I seem to remember when we talked about it before and when we decided to book the tickets, is one of Madeline's sort of all-time favourites. She remembers it from when she was a child. It's not a story that I'm particularly familiar with, actually. Um, she's a teacher, isn't she, Jean Brodie, I think, and I think it's about her kind of like relationship with her students and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really interested to see it. Um, one thing to say, uh, it's Leah Williams, who's in the uh, title role, who some of you may know from Mary Stewart, which I actually didn't see. Did any of us see that? I saw it. She was really good. So that was the one where they had the two actresses. It was her and, oh, I can't remember her name. Ju- uh, oh, that's going to drive me nuts. Who, anyway, the two actresses would come out at the beginning of each show and flip a coin to see who would play Queen Elizabeth and who would play Mary. And the time I saw it, um, this actress from Prime of Miss Jean Brodie, she played Mary. She was fantastic. It was almost, I just felt like that was the role she was meant to play. And I think that was, everyone has said, 
whatever combo you saw, that was the genius of their performances, that they made it seem like that was the role they played every night. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Yeah, and actually, uh, talking of your point, Alice, about older actresses, I read a really interesting interview with Leah Williams uh, in the Sunday Times a couple of weeks ago, talking about and kind of saying, actually kind of picking up or riffing on the idea of the prime Miss Jean Brodie and saying she's a an actress in her 50s, I think, sort of saying that she's really feeling now like she's getting these kind of title roles more than she did when she was younger, actually, and kind of really enjoying it and feeling like she's getting into her stride acting-wise. So I'm really excited about seeing her in this role. Right, now we need to head off to the Cockpit Theatre because we're going to see Into the Woods, one of uh, mine and Oscar's favourite Sondheim shows. Ruby, you've never seen it before. We actually sat down with cast member Jo Wickham and she is playing the baker's wife and we asked her to give us a little bit of background about the show. Welcome, Jonathan. Hello, thank you very much for having me. For people that haven't seen Into the Woods, could you just tell us a little bit about what, this show, what the premises of the show? Sure, of course. Uh, Stephen Sondheim has basically taken a lot of well-known fairy tales and kind of weaved them all together. He uses the baker and his wife as kind of the catalyst for all of these um, characters to meet. They desire a child. They can't have a child and they don't know why. Mm. Turns out a witch has cast a spell on them and to um, get this curse lifted, they need to go into the woods and collect four objects. And along the way they meet Cinderella, Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk, Rapunzel, uh, the princes, and it all ends happily ever after (laughs) at the end of the first act. The end of the second act, though, gets a bit real, goes a bit wrong. And Tim MacArthur is playing your husband. He is. He's and he's the also baker. the director of the show, isn't he? He is. And what it, what sort of take has he done on it? Because it's a modern, it's quite a different twist on this show, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Most of the productions I've seen are very traditional. It's very fairy tale very grim, very, you know, Little Red Riding Hood has a lovely big red cape yeah. and um, Cinderella is very girly and princessy. But Tim has taken all of these ideas and kind of set it in a 21st century way whereas um, he's looked at reality TV and things that are interesting and what people are interested in now and react to mostly now, things like um, Big Brother, or you'll see influences through the narrator, he's, um, he's a Geordie through and through, and you kind of get that element of the voiceover guy from Big Brother. Uh, Jack and his mum are very much of a Jeremy Kyle ilk. <laughs> uh, the princes are very much uh, made in Chelsea, and uh, the ugly stepsisters, they're not ugly, they are very beautiful, ugly on the inside, are very much sort of cut from a towie cloth. Um, yeah, why do you think that Into the Woods specifically lends itself to different interpretations? Because we saw one at the many a few years back where they'd done like a stripped-down Brechtian style and Regent's Park did one mm. where it was sort of steampunky and I think the narrator was a little boy and it was all in his mind. Why do you think this show kind of lends itself to, to these different interpretations? I think it's because um, it's not specifically set anywhere. It's set in a fairy tale world. And the fairy tales themselves have been told for centuries as warnings to people, and they can be interpreted in many, many different ways. I think it's just that the the actual story allows itself to be told however you want to tell it, really. Yeah, and you were in this production, from this is from 2014, this production, at the Ye Olde Rose and Crown Theatre, which we've been to and love. Um, Has it changed at all in terms of scope, because that's a much smaller space... I think the audience themselves are much more involved. I think hopefully when you go in, 
later you'll find you're actually in the woods yourself which is lovely and the show itself is I, I can't believe people don't do it in the round more because it just lends itself the four different entrances and exits you know all different places in the woods all the characters literally running around you everyone feels like they're in the woods I just think it works beautifully so Stephen Sondheim, yes. we're, we're both big fans. Um, I always kind of think his shows, although there's so much music in this one, it's like a full-on, a lot of music, but he kind of, it's really good for actors, I always think. He kind of writes for actors to sing. How do you find it performing, those kind of songs? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely spot-on actors' uh, songs. My last song, my solo, uh, Moments in the Woods, is a monologue set to song, and it's just wonderful to sing. You can give it so much colour, and yeah. it's so clever. Yeah, because I think the baker's wife has some interesting kind of turns in her story and is, although likeable, sort of almost flirts with infidelity but then still is a character that we identify with. Do you kind of enjoy playing all those different aspects of one character? Yeah, I absolutely do. I I think hopefully I give her more colour than most people do because often she's just the baker's wife Mm. that wants a baby. But I see her very much as a very real human being. Um, with wants, needs and desires as anyone. I think she's very happy to have married the baker because he's got a nice job. And then she wants to have a child, desperately wants to have a child for the first act. That's her sort of through line of action. And then in, in the second act, she's kind of looking around for more stuff. She wants a bigger house. She sees the prince as, well, maybe I can, you know, go there a bit. And it's not until the end of her story that she realises that what she wanted all the time, she already has it at home. So I've got what I'm calling my Sondheim six. I'm going to oh, ask gosh. you six Quick fire, Son- Stephen Sondheim questions. Oh my god, pressure! Pressure, so much pressure. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the first Sondheim show you saw in the theatre? Probably the one I first saw was Into the Woods, but my first taste of Sondheim ever was performing in Merrily at university. That was my first ever, ever. That's all. That's when I realised this man existed when I was nineteen, twenty, and I, I was lo- hooked. I we love are Merrily. obsessed with Merrily. <laughs> it's such a good one. Um, and what was the last Stephen Sondheim show you went to see? The last Stephen Sondheim show I went to see, it probably was also Merrily. At, I went and saw it at the Many and I also saw it when it was at the Pinter. I think it was, but then when you ask me these questions, I'll probably, ten minutes later, go, oh, no, I saw that then. Oh, I'm terrible. Um, in this show, in Into the Woods, what's your favourite lyric that the baker's wife gets to sing? Just remembering you've had an and when you're back to awe makes the awe mean more than it did before. Now I understand, and it's time to leave the woods. So good. <laughs> um, which character would you love to play from any Stephen Sondheim show? Oh, God. What, Mary in Merrily? And I'd love to play Mrs. Lovett for Sweeney Todd. That is a good one. I think she'd be a brilliant Mrs. Lovett. Thank you. you so if were. any casting directors are listening, <laughs> I'm here. And available. <laughs> um, from the 24th of June. <laughs> what's your favourite Stephen Sondheim song to sing? If you had to do an audition or what's your favourite? I love Losing My Mind from Follies because lyrically it's so simple and it just repeats twice. But the meaning behind it, when you repeat it for the second time, is completely different. I love it. And out of all the Baker's Wives, who's the best? We've got original Broadway cast, um, Joanna Gleeson, original London cast, Imelda Staunton, or Emily Blunt from the film version. Imelda, all of the way, all of the way. I'm afraid it was a trick question, and the correct answer is Jenna Russell from the Regent's Park. Oh, I didn't production. see it. I didn't see that, so I can't comment. <laughs> And those were your Sondheim Six. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you so much later this afternoon. And thank you again so much for taking the thank time you, to speak Joe. to thank us. Thank you. You're welcome. Hope you enjoy. Thanks, Break Joe. a leg. Thank you. Bye. 
so we've just finished watching Into the Woods at the Cockpit Theatre. We're now sitting in Ruby's car, ready to set off. I can hear your window winding up and down. Um, what did we think of it? I found it totes emotion. I love that song, You're Not Alone. It made me really sad. Yeah, it was lovely. I was just saying to Ruby as we walk into the car, I always forget how long the second half is. Once you get to last midnight, I always feel like that's the end, and then there's no one is alone, and then there's children will listen, and all of that stuff. But, um, yeah, what did you think, Ruby? Well, as an Into the Woods first timer, um, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, I thought the plot and everything was really clever, the way they weaved all the stories together. And I genuinely kind of got into the um, interval and was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I really liked the sort of, yeah, the kind of mood change in the second half. So... Um, yeah, so it's all sort of quite like fun and busy in the in the first half, and then it's much more sort of like contemplative and like they're learning their lessons and stuff in the second half. Overall, I thought the cast was great. I thought it's a big cast; there's 17 of them, isn't there? And I thought you know some of them were stronger than others. I thought the staging was good. I've never been to that theatre before, um, and I'd definitely go back. Did anybody else spot um, the baker kissing when they walked off after the battle, kissing Cinderella? Yeah, I think they're implying that those two got together, and she because she sort of became the surrogate mother to his child. Oh, I thought Tim yeah. was just having a little smooch. With... Yeah, because it was like after the applause. Yeah, I thought maybe no, that's I... his girlfriend in real life. Yeah, we oh, it could be. Week. Or it could just be that Cinderella and the baker are now together, maybe, like to close off the show. Oh. I think. Yeah. Look, no one's alone. She had a really good voice. I thought the actress played Cinderella. She oh, was yeah, so clear. Mm. I thought she was... She was re- my favourite, yeah, her voice was lovely. I thought the princes, um, I don't know if their mics were down. I just felt like I, I lost some of their lyrics in agony. I agree. I didn't think the princes, they, they, they were just, projecting enough, maybe. Yeah, I lost some of those lyrics. Like, did you get that they were falling in love with Snow White and Sleeping Beauty in the second half? No, I couldn't hear a word of that song. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, that's sort of the joke that they go off and they find, she, he finds Sleeping Beauty in the, um, in the Tower of... And then the other one finds Snow White. So, yeah, I thought that bit was lost. I didn't think you'd hear that because I only know because I know the song. So I thought that was a shame. Mm. But other than that, I thought The Witch was great in the second half. Her yes. songs were were really good and mm-hmm. strong. And, yeah, I think it has a really nice ending. I like the whole metaphor, the whole children will listen. Yeah, it's clever. It's really clever. So, yeah, we enjoyed it. I want to come back to the cockpit and see something else. And, and I'd also love to see the next thing that All Star Productions do because I really like them as a company. Me too. Um, yeah, so until next time. Goodbye. See you later. Oscar, do you think we should, uh, do you think we could perform You Are Not Alone at Mum's funeral? Why Because it's about that? mothers, because it's about mothers being lost. And if we start now and, like, get, like, harmonised, I think that would be really touching. I think she'd really enjoy it. Well, she'd be t- <laughs> Oh, God, I didn't even think that. That's it for another episode of Theatre Club. Thanks for listening and thanks so much to the Cockpit Theatre and Joe Wickham for making this episode such fun. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, give us a rating or even better, a review. And don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod or on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. And that's it. Until next time.